Hey guys, it's Jake, and you're listening to the Mountain Movers Podcast. For those who haven't listened to episodes 1, 2, and 14, I'm Grace, Jake's older sister. And today, we are flipping the script a little. So cue that intro in 3, 2... This is the Mountain Movers Podcast, a platform for you, the ones with a voice to be heard, but no microphone to speak it. This is your time, your chance to become more than they believe you are, more than you believe you are. So let's do this together. To celebrate episode 25 and the end of season one, we thought it'd be fun to give the listeners a chance to get to know the host, Jake. So Jake, welcome to the show today. What's up? (laughs) Hey. (laughs) So Jake. Already feels weird. How does it feel to be on the other side of the mic today? Like I just said, it definitely feels weird. Um, I've only ever been on this side of the podcast for one podcast recording and that was not even for my podcast it was for brianna clark's art for stations and shout out shout out brianna and yeah no it feels kind of cool sort of used to knowing what to expect because i kind of set the guidelines you know what i mean but i guess here we go and i already told you jake that i have like a whole list of questions and your reaction to that wasn't super excited i think you're a little nervous a little bit so Everyone, please excuse Jake's little bit of anxiety here. And also, please excuse me, because this is my first time as a podcast host. So if I talk fast or if, you know, anything's a little weird, just give us a little grace. Yeah, please. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jake. So my first question today is a simple one, but it can be pretty tricky, too. So who is Jake Miles? Wow. I feel like Jake Miles is a lot of things. Honestly, I think over the course of, I always, when I think back, I think of Jake in the course of like the last four years. I've done a lot of evolving over the last four years, you know, changing Mm -hmm. my style, changing my endeavors, my ambitions, my passions even, you know, I've accumulated different, you know, outlets and both mentally and physically. So, uh, been a dancer for a long time and I always used to just identify as an artist as a dancer and it's only as of recently that I have started to also identify as an athlete and I think that says a lot about the way I see myself in terms of being a dancer but also now being a runner and trying to find a cohesive bond between the two um Jake Miles is silly Jake Miles is <laughs> Agreed. goofy, funny, but, you know... Class clown. Class clown, nominated at my <laughs> university grad. <laughs> but I got a big heart, and mm. um, a lot of the things that I do in my life, um, I do because I care. And I care about, you know, a lot of the people that I meet, a lot of the people that I've known for a while, and, yeah, a lot of it's based off of love and... So, yeah, goofy guy, big heart. <laughs> so one thing you didn't identify yourself as is a podcaster. Mm. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a perfect opportunity. 
might I say, to talk about your podcast journey. So how did this whole journey start as a podcaster? Where did this idea come from? You know, what, what made you excited to dive into this kind of, I don't know, you could say art form or, um, you know, way to talk to people and have conversations. So yeah, where did this journey start? I guess I can take it back to two summers ago. So not the summer we just had, you know, or not the summer we're in, not the one we had last year, but two summers ago. So 2018. 2018. And um, it actually started, you showed me my first podcast and it was Oprah's. It was oh. Oprah's Super Soul Conversations. Classic. And that was the first taste of, you know, a podcast that I got. I listened to several episodes, um, whether I was at the gym or whether I was on a bike, you know, headed to work. Um and I just loved it. I loved the mm-hmm. fact that she was able to bring these incredible people onto her platform, share their stories, and also get to know more about them herself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it was pretty simple. I just really liked what she had going on. And, you know, it's Oprah. You know, of course she had this It's a good first on. podcast to listen to. Exactly. If you guys haven't listened to it, check it out. Oprah's <laughs> shout Super out Oprah. Soul Conversations. Lots of <laughs> like plugs. Like, she needs a shout out. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I've always been someone who enjoys talking to people. Um, just, I guess I'm outgoing that way, very big extrovert. And um, in a nutshell, I wanted to have the conversations that not a lot of people have. And um, it wasn't until I realized that, you know, shining light on topics that not a lot of people talk about, it's actually not a bad thing. It's actually a positive thing. Um, so bringing up, you know, not only the triumphs that we have in our lives, not only the good, but also the bad, also the setbacks, also the mountains that stand in our way, right? So when I thought about making this podcast, this wasn't my first podcast mm. because um, in 2018, a bit of 2019, uh, I was working with the One Future Youth and uh, that was kind of my first step into podcasting. So we started a podcast called Life Chats, and it was essentially the same thing. It was bringing people on to talk about their lives, you know, giving them the mic to amplify their voices. And so, you know, once, you know, over time, Future Youth stopped, and I kind of wanted to keep the energy of the podcast alive. So I rebranded, I went with something that really, uh, you know, means a lot to me, and that's obviously Moving Mountains. Um, the name comes from this tattoo I have on my arm. It's a mountain with a man in red on top. And uh, not, not to say that I have reached that mountaintop. I like to identify as the man in red, but not to say that I've reached that mountaintop, but I always look at it and I think about the journey that it takes to get to that. So I see it, I want to get there. And so it's a reminder of everything that happens in between. Yeah, totally. And it's a pretty awesome tattoo, not going to lie. <laughs> I always call it, it reminds me of the mountain in the Grinch mm. and oh, Mount yeah. Crumpet. And then <laughs> if the guy was in green, he would look a lot more like... The, anyway, um, there'll be a few tangents, I think, on yeah, this episode, yes, but sure. that's totally fine. That's just how it is. So you mentioned um, rebranding. Mm-hmm. So... I'm just curious about, I know we've had a few conversations about this. I remember when you were working on Future Youth and, or maybe it was when Future Youth was kind of fizzling out a little bit. You guys were stepping back from it. You kind of asked me, you're like, you know, how do I continue on this podcast journey? You know, but you know, just, just me, you know, with, without Theo and without the, the brand of Future Youth, which was very cool, my dad at the time. Um, so, so what did that rebranding look like? Mm. Was it, was it tricky? 
was it did it feel natural I think I I knew right away that I wanted to keep the same theme of podcast and that was uh interviews Mm -hmm. you know conversations with people that I think exude what it is to move mountains what it means to be a mountain mover um and so I think that that wasn't the hard part the hard part was feeling okay with making that switch Mm -hmm. feeling confident in changing over to mountain movers Mm -hmm. and so I already knew how to record I already knew how to edit Um, I knew how to upload but I did switch um, from uh, platforms I did I was with Libsyn before I actually paid for and then I switched to anchor which is free oh interesting yeah and so anchor has just you know changed my podcasting game, like seriously love anchor. But, um, I think, yeah, the hardest part was making that step into mountain movers and what it has become. And so I did it and I didn't look back. And I think you've done so again with grace. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't mean that wasn't meant to be a joke. Like I, I really think you've stepped into this, this kind of new space. Um, very, I, I, I really can't think of another word gracefully. Like you have really just done it. Um, with kind of no uh no hiccups almost well at least on the surface so um I love the mountain movers podcast you have really awesome conversations with really awesome people I particularly love episode one two and 14 but um every episode you have awesome conversations with super inspiring people um and, and they're great, especially on a Sunday, long run, Sunday bike ride. Mm-hmm. Very awesome. So my question is, what do you hope to accomplish with this podcast? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not sure if there's really an end goal to the podcast. I don't really, not necessarily need to be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so what do you hope to accomplish with it? What, what is the point? So the point in the beginning, like I'd say the first month uh, back in December uh, 2019, when I first, you know, went on the mountain movers path, Um, I really just wanted to talk to people and I think it has evolved, especially given everything that's happened in the last six months since, Mm -hmm. or almost seven months now, since it actually started, you know, we've been through a pandemic and I've, I've created episodes called the pandemic profiles, Mm -hmm. right? Loved those. Um, it was, that was my opportunity to have the conversations again, that not a lot of people want to have, or, Mm -hmm. um, not a lot of people get the chance to have. Right. And so, you know, I have my usual conversations with, you know, athletes or musicians or so on right mm-hmm. people that you know really really inspire me and uh i really i do believe that everyone that i have had a conversation with um has inspired me and you know given the the themed episodes that i had even when i um talked to monique and michael and jamal about um how they felt about the whole black lives matter movement right those were the conversations that i really wanted to have and so moving forward i see it staying conversations mm-hmm. I see it continuing on that path but you know with the mountain moments too it's just about growing it's mm-hmm. about you know still being that tree that metaphorical tree but just growing these different branches love that so remembering my roots mm-hmm. you know and staying this is a great metaphor staying um, consistent with the vision with the mission but also just being able to grow and explore all these different possibilities Definitely. It's, it's awesome. And I love how you say that, you know, each of your guests has inspired you. Um, their stories are fantastic. And as a listener, and I don't just say this as your sister, um, their stories have really inspired me as well. So I feel like, you know, as you continue to have these conversations, if you can continue to reach people and inspire them, I feel like that's probably, you know, that's probably your goal. That's what you hope to accomplish. Very, very cool. So, um, 
it's the end of season one, as we mentioned at the beginning of this episode. Um, we have reached episode 25, and I know you said you are hoping to kind of take a pause, a uh, brief pause, um, before starting season two, and I know you already have some big ideas for season two. So looking back on season one, what were some of the highlights? Mm-hmm. So 25 episodes or 24 episodes, you could say, what, what are some highlights? Yeah. So yeah, including this one, it's been 25 interviews. Um, and then I also had five mountain moments, mm-hmm. right? So that, that gives me 30 episodes 30. and also the pandemic profiles. There was one episode with four interviews, yes. one with three and one with two. So that's even more, guests. um, interviews, right? Um, but I number them based on the episodes, right? I count the mountain moments as a bonus episode mm-hmm. and I count the interviews as what they are interviews. Um, I guess something that was definitely hard for me was, um, you know, reaching out to people that I wasn't necessarily, you know, they weren't in my immediate circle. And so I think given, you know, social media was amazing because, you know, it just takes one DM to even just ask the question, Hey, do you want to be on the podcast? And I think that there have been some people on this. Um, well, I know for sure that there were people on this, um, season one that, you know, I, I definitely had to take that step and reach out to them. And a big highlight for me was definitely realizing that, um, you know, the worst thing that can happen is a no, or, uh, you know, they see it and they don't reply. And you know what, frankly, I'm okay with that because amidst all the no's, there were yeses. Um, and moving forward, I expect for there to be more no's, but I'm excited for those other yeses because they are the people that really do exude what it means to be a mountain mover. Because even in their crazy lives, even in their crazy, ambitious, busy lives, they took the time to speak to me. And they took the time and the chance to tell their story on the mic that I gave them, on the opportunity that I gave them. And for that, I'll always be grateful. So that is definitely the biggest highlight. I really, really like that. You're right. It does speak to the type of people you talk to. You know, it's not the people who, you know, maybe have the most Instagram followers, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because sometimes they can be very high and mighty and, you know, they don't want to stoop down to talk to someone with, you know, less followers or a podcast who, you know, right now doesn't have the most X amount of listens. But, you know, again, maybe those aren't the type of people you want to even be having these conversations with. So I think that's a very good point. It really speaks to the type of people that you, you talk to. And that's probably why all of these conversations have been so fantastic and so inspirational. So on that note, I'm going to ask the trickiest question. What was your favorite conversation? Who was it with? Okay. I'll make it easier. If you had to recommend one episode to somebody, so mm. someone goes, I've never listened to the Mountain Movers podcast, which episode do I listen to? Which one do you recommend? I think that if I was to, you know, this isn't my favorite episode. I think they're all my favorite episodes. <laughs> it's like children, right? Yeah. You can't pick one. You don't you have a favorite child. Exactly. They're all my, you know, they're all my... Um, but if I was to recommend an episode to somebody... Um, I think that episode 16, Live by Example, featuring Mark Nabetta, was a episode, a conversation that uh, really resonated with me, um, as they all do. Um, but this one was short, this one was sweet, and uh, Mark is definitely somebody that I aspire to be like. He is a driven leader. He is a big example of what it means to truly make an impact in not only your life, but the lives of the people around you. And that's something that I aspire to do um so yeah definitely check that episode out check them all out um yeah it was a fantastic episode 
I must say. Wow. It was a, it was a really good one. It was he's a great story. Yeah, and so and that was an episode that I did remotely as mm. I did with a lot or almost pretty much all of them since uh, the pandemic has happened because we can't be all together recording in person. But um, I remember right after that episode, you know, I hung up the call on Zencaster and I took a moment and just like deep breath, deep, deep breath mm-hmm. in, deep breath out and just really couldn't believe that that was a conversation that we had. And um, the Mountain Minute got screwed up because, um, you know, the equipment that we were using did it you know there was a delay and so you know there was overlapping but it doesn't have to be the cleanest episode for it to be the most um one of the most inspiring ones for me and uh, i remember when i hung up the call i thought i lost the file and i was like freaking out for a good two minutes and i'm like oh my god oh my god oh my god what do i do what do i do what do i do and then it showed up and end of story (laughs) it goes to show though um you know it, it doesn't matter what it sounds like, you know, if there's noise in the background, if, you know, you can hear the person's dog barking or a truck reversing, whatever. If it's a good conversation, people aren't going to care mm-hmm. what the quality of the sound, you know what I mean? They're not going to care. Um, so not to say that the, the audio is not good on that one, but um, yeah, his story is very powerful. So it kind of like, you know, exceeds yeah. all the, the technology. It doesn't really matter. Absolutely. Yeah, good one. Okay, last podcast question for you. Then we're gonna move on to a, few, a couple other topics. Okay. So we, I know we've talked about this before, but tell everybody if you could have any three people in the world on your podcast, who would it be? So I actually have a list of my ten dream guests, and lucky enough, I was able to have um, one of those top ten. I made this list when I first started podcasting, and um, I already had one of the top ten on this podcast and that was Shell Wagman and that was an incredible episode for me. I loved that episode yeah. too. Very cool. Very um, good one. Someone I've looked up to for a very long time. Absolutely. Um, but if I'm to think about my list and think of three people that I would love to have on this podcast, James Lawrence. Oh, great one. <laughs> the Iron Cowboy. His so story, awesome. you know, he did 50 Ironmans in 50 days in 50 different states and I remember, I've seen that, that documentary, I don't know how many times now, like so many times. I've and watched it a few times too. Just, it never gets old, you nope. know? It's and so good. I follow him on social media. I know he's a very big, loud presence. You know, he's strong, he's determined, and he's, you know, kind of a jokester too, as you you can see through his uh, Instagram stories. So I think for sure that that would be a conversation worth having. And I would love to get, you know, the ups and the downs and the in-betweens of that 50 50 50 that he completed you know five almost six years ago now um i think shane coison he is a poet and uh, a spoken word poet and for those of you who got for those of you guys who don't know him he is just a very humble ordinary person with just incredible talent and inc- an incredible voice and an incredible way of moving people through his art and that is spoken word so i would love to have him on this podcast as well and i guess to round up uh, one more person i think i would love to have my favorite artist my favorite singer lauv um i've been into lauv for two years now he has been my just my favorite singer for a long time and it's not just because i like his music it's not just because i like you know the music he puts out and what he's about but he's just so genuine he he is someone who talks about 
the harsh, the, the, the bad, the sad, the mad, you know, all of it. And even on social media where a lot of people use it as a highlight reel, he uses it to showcase, um, a lot of the hurdles that he faces and that he brings that out in his music as well, you know? So I think having that, having a conversation with him, not only because he's, you know, I look up to him beyond compare, but because I think that he would bring a different flavor to the podcast. He'd bring a different sense of, you know, what are you going through and, or sorry, this is what I'm going through and I don't care who hears it. I love it. I feel like we can make those happen. Yeah. But uh, that's an awesome list. I think it would, you know, and it's not impossible. Yeah. Just, it's as you said, you know, you ask and the worst that could happen is, you know, they say no. Exactly. So <laughs> it's an uphill climb. I expect to be doing this for a while. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll have uh, James Lawrence on here in no time. Yes. Just you wait. Awesome. Uh, thanks, Jake. Those, those, that's a great list. Okay. So I actually thought it would be good to dive back. So obviously you and I, Jake, have known each other for quite a <laughs> long time. So, you know, this whole episode is about getting to know you and, you know, giving your listeners a chance to, to understand like where you grew up, where you came from, who you are now. So I think it's important to dive back to, you know, early 2000s, living on Minnetonka Road. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So just tell us about life growing up. Um, wow. I'm very different than I was when I was little even you know growing up uh I mean I guess everyone is but I always look back at you know the life I was living and I, I know that you know I'm 21 years old almost 22 and it's always going to be different you're always going to be different in your 20s than you were when you were eight but there are still so many similarities between eight-year-old Jake and 22-year-old Jake yeah and I see them <laughs> I'm just like I think back to what I was into and, you know, just like any kid, you know, I wanted to play soccer. Uh, you know, I played football for a bit. I did Taekwondo. Um, I did, I tried my hand in uh, slam poetry as well. Um, I did a lot of things. And when I found dance, that was really what stuck. And that was really what I think has taken me this far. You know, you know, it's, it's shown me, I, I, I feel like I can, I can, ties so much back to making the decision to become a dancer. And I, was, I was just going to say, I think, you, you know, you finding dance is a very pivotal moment for you. Uh-huh. I, I can remember it well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, dance has had a huge impact on your life. So do you remember a specific moment as younger Jake, um, you know, that where things started to change a little bit? Mm-hmm. I think uh, when I was 13, I don't know, is that still younger Jake? I, of course. Okay. When I was 13, that was really when I decided to be a dancer. And this decision came from seeing a video of Shale Wagman on the internet, seeing him dance and really wanting to do that, you know, do what he does. And uh, I attended a national uh, dance competition in Florida. Great times. That summer. And if you know, you know, (laughs) that was, that was just the, that was what you said, the pivotal moment. And, uh, you know, I was surrounded by all these people that were there for the same reason you know, dance. And I had never kind of, it was almost overwhelming. And so when I went back to Ottawa afterwards, I realized that that's what I wanted to do. And here I am like 13 years old, 192, 93 pounds at the time. I was a chubby kid. And um, I realized that, you know what, I got to make some changes in my life if 
this is something I really wanted to do. So started eating better, started, actually ran a little bit, but it was like so small. Like it was just like around the block a couple times, but, and it killed me, but. You're a runner if you run, Jake. Exactly. You know that well. <laughs> so, you know, ate better and I stretched all the time and uh, attended some workshops in the summer, tried to get better. And uh, that's when I realized, I'm like, you know what? Holy shit, I can do this. So here I am today, dancer, just finished university and uh, podcasting and running. And, you know, I'm doing all these things because it was at that, that moment that I realized that I could take control of my life, that I could do whatever I really wanted to do if I put my mind to it. And what do you think it was about dance? Like what, you know, you decided that, you know, you want to take it seriously. You decided, you know, start eating better, start stretching. You, you know, I remember that summer and I went away to university that September um, and then came back a month and a half later and you were like, oh, a whole new person. <laughs> so <laughs> um, my question is like, what was it about dance? Like what, what drew you in to it? Like what made you decide to, to commit? a tricky question I yeah. know <laughs> I'm trying to just put myself back into yeah. you know 13 year old Jake's head um I think that not only was it the people you know I'm, I love the people right the running community the dance community podcasting community whatever it's always the people that you know make you want to keep going mm-hmm. that make you want to do more because not only do you try to inspire them in some way but here they are inspiring you so yep I had a lot of friends in dance but I think for me as a dancer, it was, especially when I first started, it was about showing myself that I wasn't meant to do this, but I can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think I was born to be a dancer, but I think that through hard work and through whatever determination was going through my body at the time that I was able to make it happen. So I think it was, you know, it grew into this love for dance, but I think it started as come on, Jake, you can do this right now. Let's go. It's a lot on a 13 year old's shoulders. It's a lot, but, um, yeah, obviously it was, it was, it was huge. It was life changing for sure. Um, so, um, you mentioned earlier that, you know, you had some challenges growing up and then you found dance. So do you think dance, like, do you think it remedied those challenges? So like, what were some of the challenges you had growing up? Um, I think back to, um, Again, I can say 12, 13-year-old Jake because it's funny. I've always been a happy kid. I've always been silly, goofy, but I also, you know, wasn't a good student. And I was, you know, I didn't do my homework and uh, I got kicked out in the hall all the time sent to the <laughs> principal's office because I was talking out, talking out of turn, disrupting the other people in my class. The list goes on, right? Oh, yeah. And you know that because <laughs> you lived with me, right? Yes. Like, <laughs> It was, um, I was, some could say I was a troublemaker and, you know, those aren't always accepted everywhere. Um, but as much of an, as much of an uphill battle as that was, you know, I kind of never lost sight of that. And so I guess something that was hard growing up was like, seeing yourself this one way but then also like people shutting it down you know people telling you not to speak out people telling you to stay seated you know I in grade two I can remember it so clearly (laughs) everyone in the class were in groups you know their desks were all glued together you know groups of five and 
I got my desk moved to the other side of the classroom by myself. My teacher taped a duct tape square around my desk. I put duct tape on my seat so that I'd stay seated. And if I left the box, I'd have to go to the principal's office. Safe to say, I definitely stepped outside the box and went to the principal's office. But, you know, it's just, I think these are things that I still carry with me now, you know? Especially in doing this podcast, I wanted, like I always say, I want to be able to provide people the chance to amplify their voices Mm -hmm. because when I was little, I felt like it was wrong to be able to amplify your voice, right? Yeah, you weren't given that chance. No, and so this is kind of like my chance. It's like, hey, my whole life, I've just wanted to speak. I've just wanted to speak out and do my thing. And so here I am trying to do that. I love that. That is that again. It's a, it's a whole full life journey. Yeah. I, you know, obviously the journey's not over, but it's 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 very interesting. You know, the stems from from a very um, young age, obviously. So, okay, so we have, Jake grows up. He's a bit of a troublemaker. You know, <laughs> chubby kid he starts to commit himself to dance. Um, goes through high school. Um, you know, again, very committed to dance. Committed to his friends. Committed. You know, maybe not to his studies, but you know, you made it. You got through. Um, that is what it is. So after that, you attended Ryerson University for the performance dance. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what it's called, performance dance um, program. Um, did young Jake ever see himself, at, at, you know, pursuing that? No. First of all, at, well, I don't even know. There's so many levels to this university, Ryerson University, a very prestigious university, and then the performance dance program. So, you know, did you, as grade two Jake, you know, who wasn't allowed to step outside of his box, did you see yourself? Or did 13-year-old, you know, Jake at nationals, who, you know, maybe didn't fit in with the others quite as much, did you ever see yourself pursuing this path? <sighs> no. No. <laughs> Short answer, no. <laughs> yeah, no, period. And I think that all stems back to the fact that I wasn't a good student, so it was really hard for me to see myself being a student for any longer Mm. than you know one that I had to be or being a student in anything um you know that you actually have to get into yes you actually have to apply for have the requirements to attend and then going there so no that was never an option for me but it's something that this is something that I've thought about a lot you know I don't know if this is a question you have or I'm just gonna uh, I'm just gonna go for it just go for it if I was to you know if I, had the, if I had grade 8 Jake standing in front of me, 13-year-old Jake standing in front of me, and I could tell him anything, or sorry, if he could tell me anything, he would tell me, I told you so. Hmm. Because there's something inside of me that always felt like, you know, I was, there was something out there for me. There was something that I wanted to be. And so, you know, 13-year-old Jake did what he had to do for 13-year-old Jake. And then 14-year-old Jake, 15, 16, whatever. I always felt like I was doing what I had to do to get to where I needed to be. Um, But no, school, no. Definitely something that I didn't see coming. Professional or pre-professional dance program was definitely something, not something that I saw coming my way. So, And you were... uh I mean, again, I saw you grow through this program as well, through four years of your undergraduate degree, um, another journey, to, to say the least. Um, I just want to ask, do you feel like you belonged there? In, in Ryerson? Like, yeah. Was that your place? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I could, and you, you know, anyone who knows you could see that in you as well. Yeah. It was just a chance to, like, not only harness this passion I had inside me, but do it alongside so many other people that felt the same thing. Yeah, and you met some incredible people there too. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that was uh, it was a huge step for you for sure. But um, obviously, um, it paid off. 
and you are a graduate. You have graduated. It's amazing from a performance dance program. Amazing. Um, where do you want to take your dance career? Um, it's a big question, and it's a it's a question people ask um, a lot. You know, to to fourth year students. You know, so what now? Like, what are you gonna do? Where are you gonna work? And it's kind of um, it's a very intimidating question because it, it kind of implies that you have to have it all figured out right now, and that's not what I mean. I just you know, if, if, if you could do anything, if you go in any direction with the education and the training you receive, like where, what is your dream job or your dream career mm. from dance? I think there's a lot within a dream career because, you know, it's one thing to keep dancing. And I think that's what we all inspire to do. But I think there's so many different parts of me. There's like that part of me that wants to, you know, be on Broadway mm. and like, You'd be really good on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> like, do that, like, big performance side of me that there is. But then there's also, you know, I trained in a contemporary and modern and ballet program, right? Like, there's, I was trained for that. So, I mean, like, finding a job within that realm. Mm-hmm. But then um, I went on that uh, Guatemala trip two years ago, right? And that was hugely groundbreaking for me. It was an outreach trip where I taught and performed for underserved communities. And if I could find a way to tap back into that, if I could find a way to, okay, you know, have it be a job you know this was a volunteer trip but you know how could i possibly be hired to do that exactly um so if there's a way that i can you know get back into that the outreach the community development side of things and like use dance as a tool to inspire people and to educate people and to show people that you know they could do this too I would love to do that. So I, yeah, there's yeah. so many different sides. Great. I agree completely. You'd be so good in that position. I say you'd be good in Broadway, but or on Broadway, I should say. <laughs> um, but obviously, um, I think that's where you would shine like immensely doing that kind of outreach um, work. Mm-hmm. It, it, I think it really fits well with you and it fits well with the Mountain Movers brand. Mm-hmm. Not that you are doing outreach <laughs> to just for your brand, <laughs> but it just goes to show that literally that's very genuinely who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it shines through in, in, in everything you do. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to see you in that role. You know, maybe yes. once the world starts to um, settle a bit yeah. from this pandemic anyway, or, may, or maybe before, who knows? Um, all right. So, um, I, uh, so, oops, <laughs> I lost on, my train. I lost my train of thought here. Um, I, I just want to start to transition into um, talking about running. Ooh. So I am also a runner, as maybe you know, maybe you guys don't know. If, Not sure. If they know I'm a runner. Um, they know you're a runner. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you know, when Jake always talks about, you know, oh, I started running with my sister. That's me. That's literally <laughs> me. Anyway, so we're going to talk about running a bit, just because I know towards the end of your undergraduate degree, um, you started to, um, you know, find a love. Um, for running and I always whenever I think of you know the intersection of your dance career and running for you I always picture us in New York City um, and you know how you had to take time off of school which is kind of impossible to do in your program because you have to be there for rehearsals and etc cetera, etc cetera. and I always just think of that story about how you kind of really weren't supposed to be in New York City running a marathon, but here you were. Um, and, my and your teachers are very upset at you, and you're getting texts from all your, your classmates saying, like, oh, we're God, mad. they're so mad, they're so mad. And you're like, I don't even care because I'm in New York. I'm running a marathon. Like, it's totally fine. And then you run the marathon, which we could talk about, but we'll wait a, uh, just a minute. But, yeah, you run the marathon, and then, oh, after our mom changes your flight so you can get home earlier so that you don't miss any more rehearsals. 
and then you get home and then you have to go to rehearsal and you just right ran right. a marathon <laughs> and you probably couldn't even feel your legs. They were shaking. <laughs> like, can you even imagine doing like any type of dancing or like, like anyone who's run a marathon, you know, like you, you can't really walk. Like you can't go downstairs. You, uh, you can't sit on the toilet. So like imagine doing like these Jake does like 12, 20, 30 minute like pieces, yeah. like dance pieces. So like, I don't even know. Anyway, I just always love that like intersection. I think it like totally, that must have been like maybe the first time they really like crossed paths, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, or like kind of interfered with one another. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, I, although I do feel like they complement each other, but maybe just not when you're running the New York City Marathon <laughs> when you're supposed to be at home in rehearsal. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, that was a long tangent. Okay, let's talk about running. Um, so maybe we'll just start, like, um, I think some of your listeners already know, um, about your running journey, how you fell into it, how you, how you, you know, started the, in, in the sport, but maybe you can remind us. So where did your, wh when did you start running and why? Uh, the why is a big, <laughs> big question, but I started running, um, well, we've done those Canada Day 10Ks. Yes. Four years strong Four now. years strong. Um, I did... Um, the Toronto Waterfront Half Marathon, Scotiabank, um, in 2018. Yeah, 18. Um, that sounds right. And uh, that was at the same time you were doing the full. Yeah. And so we ran together for the first little bit, and then we obviously split up because we were running different races. Um, but I remember you ran Ottawa, um, the Ottawa Marathon. Mm -hmm. um, I You've run it a couple times, so I feel like it might have been the... I think it was the second, second my, the time. second full marathon. Yep. Yeah, I can picture and, it. And uh, I remember at the end, like just like you were telling us, you were telling me stories about it. You were telling me how you felt during, how you felt before, and obviously how you felt after. Um, and I think that was a big thing for me. I think in my head, without even saying it out loud, it was like, yeah, I want to do this. I want to try this. I want to try and run a marathon. And so, you know, obviously that got pushed back because I had other things going on. So it wasn't until... 2019. Um, yeah, 2019. Uh, June-ish. Yeah, when you asked me, hey. <laughs> hey, want to run the New York City Marathon? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing New York. Let's do it together. Um, and obviously, you know, I've said this before, I thought you were absolutely insane. Um, and then I kind of just started. I kind of just did it, you know. Started training day after day, week after week, and I became hooked. And I think it, a lot of it had to do with, you know, these this like I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it I wanted to prove to myself that anything was possible but anything was possible but also you know it brought you and I closer mm -hmm. you know we talk about running almost every day we ask each other how our training went but then also being able to like get up in the morning and you know we always did our long runs together and so that was something to look forward to so I think like obviously you inspired me to stop running but or sorry no oh no <laughs> <laughs> You I'm so sorry. <laughs> you inspired me to start running, but also you inspired me to keep running. And so, you know, I think you're definitely a big why. Oh, well, thank you. I'm always happy to spread the running love. It's been really fun to have like a, you know, they always say how like siblings are like built in best friends, but it's also really cool when your sibling can be like your built in run, running buddy, mm -hmm. because uh, it's, it's, it's a very special bond. That's for sure. Um, I, I, you missed one little part of your running journey, which I just have to mention because I also love this story. Like, please tell us about the 10K you ran in high school mm. in the certain footwear you chose. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just funny looking back. Yeah, it is. Actually. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, we had fitness class back at high school. Um, and in fitness class, 
um, towards the end of the semester, um, there was an organized 10K event. So the girls' class would run it and the guys' class would run it. And it was it was pretty cool. I mean, they've been doing that for a while. That's but... where I got my start in running as well. Like, you know, early start, but that's where I ran my first 10K too, was fitness class at yeah. Woodruff High School. And that's such a big accomplishment, <laughs> being able it to is. train and run the 10K. Yeah. I'm going to be honest, I skipped a lot of classes that were the running classes, right? You know, I wanted to get into the weight room and do weights, but um, I, I'll say, yeah, okay, I ran the 10K, but I didn't really train for it. You know, I just did it. Um, but uh, the, some of the days that I did train, I didn't have running shoes, and so I'd run in Sperry's, you know, like boat shoes, and kind of hurt my feet, oh but my God. I was just kind of like reckless and didn't really care. Um, also really didn't didn't really know the repercussions you know <laughs> here i am as like a dancer wanting to be a dancer but i go running and sparries i don't know not I don't like know your feet aren't idea. important for dance right exactly. so, <laughs> and i like what was your time for that 10k because i think it was kind of fast like we can you know obviously like uh, take it with a grain of salt the measurement of the the course yeah. but didn't you run that really fast yeah i did it in like 46 something that's so fast yeah. and sparries untrained uh, but i feel like it was I, I remember there being something about like they, they missed a kilometer or something. Okay, but like, it mean, wasn't measured exactly. Forty six nine k in forty six minutes is yeah, not terrible not either for no training and yeah. experience. I think that's pretty speedy. Yeah, I'd so. like to run some forty six minute nine k's. That sounds great. <laughs> sounds amazing. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. Anyway, I love that story. That's definitely one you have to to keep in mind. And then my other favorite us starting to run together story is the fall colors, ten um, k. This was 2014, yeah. so long ago. Um, and our whole family ran it. And it's, I don't know, we have to find a way to show your listeners the picture because like what we're all wearing is so, so funny. funny. We're just wearing like some weird, we have we did not pick our running gear well. <laughs> and so Jake and I ran the 10K, our mom and Hope ran the 5K. Did Terry run yeah, the 10K? Terry ran the 10K with not us. with us though. He sped up. He must have just gone. He must have left us in the dust, which is typical Terry if anyone knows him. <laughs> um, anyway, so Jake and I ran into 10K together, having a good time. First kilometer downhill. I have the, the most biggest. epic wipeout of my life sliding down the hill, like ripped my leggings, but it's fine. We continue on. And then uh, our great idea, this is before we had any idea about pacing, anything like that. We just decided every time we see a kilometer marking, we're going to sprint to it. <laughs> and that was our strategy, <laughs> which is like so funny just in hindsight, knowing what we know now, because uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't remember really how that 10K turned out. I remember Jake left me after a while obviously i was dead because we just added in these random like sprints every kilometer like seriously anyway it, it didn't we it wasn't our fastest 10k but i also love that story how we just like that was our that was our plan like okay every kilometer we're a sprint <laughs> and that was our like race plan so smart i love it <laughs> anyway so you don't know what you don't know yeah <laughs> Uh, anyway, but that was a fun run because it was Thanksgiving morning, so we got to But I remember go home after that, I like went home and I, I went in bed and I slept. I was so dead <laughs> after that 10K. I believe I it. Couldn't even, I couldn't even believe I it. Believe I'm pretty sure it. I slept all the way to dinner. <laughs> Woke up, probably munched Just in time for Thanksgiving dinner. So funny. That was a good race. Anyway, and then fast forward a few years, we're at the Toronto Waterfront Marathon, having the time of our lives, and... Uh, uh, Jake ran a super fast, like first half marathon ever. Mm -hmm. 
You like got my, it was my PR at the time. You mm-hmm. caught me, but then gotcha. I think I have the family PR for the half right now. Let's go. Just because no one else really runs. Has, Jake yeah. hasn't had the opportunity to run one, but so he, he'll kick my butt soon. But yeah. I have the family half PR. Jake has the family marathon PR. So okay. speaking of marathons, you did it. You did what, you know, Jake starting to run wanted to do. You ran a marathon. Um, I know this is a loaded question, but you know, what was that like? <laughs> Like, let's, let's just talk about the day. So we're, you know, we're in New York and, uh, you just crossed the finish line. And I know in your mountain moment, you talked about (laughs) your finish line story, which if you haven't listened to that episode, go check it out. Um, but, uh, yeah. So what was it like? You, you accomplished this giant goal. Like you literally, that is literally moving a mountain. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so tell me about that. So are you asking me how it felt after like right after how it felt <sighs> a few months later so your question you whatever you think mm. maybe all maybe all of them so um what did it feel like at the start line mm. you you did the training you yeah. you know you had some some challenges with uh, your knee uh right your yeah. knee um but you know made it made it to new york and you're we're at the start line so the start line was crazy for me and i remember this so clearly we were in the whatever our corral and there were two women right in front of me and they both had stickers on their back and each and both stickers uh was just the number 27 what yeah and i have a video of it and it was amazing and it was so 27 for me obviously i have a tattoo on my wrist it's um it's a symbol for me uh the fact that um legacy is possible the fact that, you know, when, when you, when it is your time, when you do go, what are you leaving behind? And this stems from uh, Machine Gun Kelly's song, 27. That's what it's about. Uh, the 27 Club, what kind of legacy are you going to leave behind? Um, so that has obviously resonated with me since I started to fall in love with that song. And ever since I, st- I, I did fall in love with that song, I saw the number 27 everywhere in mm. TV shows. This is a little tangent. In TV shows, um... <laughs> on signs you know people would say it it'd be obviously at the start line of the new york city marathon that's crazy i didn't even know that yeah i don't even think you told me that and so seeing that at the start line and seeing it everywhere it always reassures me that i'm headed in the right direction awesome. that this is exactly where i'm meant to be it's kind of like a checkpoint mm-hmm. so when i saw two not one 27 two 27s right in front crazy. of me i just knew that you know this was going to be okay i was going to be okay i was going to get through this this is exactly what i'm meant to do right now in the moment so the start line was amazing and obviously you know surrounded by all these people energy is energy was ridiculous oh my god and so that's how it felt at the start line and then fast forward uh 42.2 kilometers later let me speak for you at and when i was with you so i was only with you for the first half of the race but man you were having the time of your (laughs) life i was having the worst day of my life and you were like so like oh my god you kept saying to me like oh my god this is amazing the crowds are amazing you were so like stoked and pumped and like energized and i was so mad i'm like oh like i can't even remember you're like come on you can do it i'm like shut up like I was so angry I don't know that's just a thing sometimes for some runners I think they just like cannot handle you're like leave me alone yeah let me suffer in my pain cave anyway so I know through the 42.2 you were stoked you were energized um I think maybe you were a little tired towards the end which is fair um as you've told me um okay so you you cross that line you have your whole you know that that whole finish line experience that you talked about in your episode so that is I'm not gonna, so funny i'm not gonna get into it so just go check that go listen out. to that episode because it's hilarious um 
okay, so then you maybe let's fast forward to, you know, you you were sitting in that gym, Starbucks, mm-hmm. flow Ubered us home, all that fun stuff. We're sitting in no, I know. The moment we are taking those photos in Times Square. Mm-hmm. That's the moment. So yeah. how did that feel? I think that's the moment it really sunk in. Yes. Because you and I we were reconnected. We had our race ponchos on, the incredible the super cool race ponchos. Mm-hmm. We had our medals. We had Times Square in the background. We were in New York, obviously. And it was that picture that we took with our fists in the air, like superheroes. And I actually felt like one. And yeah. it was so cool looking over to you and seeing you, you know, you did the same thing. We had each other by our sides and it happened. You know, something that we trained for for so long, mm-hmm. it happened. We made that happen and we did it. It's like a feeling like no other. Yeah. It, and it doesn't really go away. Like, and it never gets old. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I haven't run, you know, I've run five marathons. It's not, it's not, there are people who have run more than me, mm-hmm. but you know, that finish line never gets old. You're literally, you never get over that. Like, holy shit. I just ran. Like I ran a full marathon, yeah. like 42.2 kilometers. It's unbelievable. And I know like both of us, you know, coming as, you know, kids who we were active ish, you know, we danced, but we weren't runners, you know, mm-hmm. we weren't soccer players. We weren't like, we I would really never consider us athletes. We were not athletes. Like I can say personally, I would use, I used to skip track and field day. Me too. Like it would, even if it was, I remember one year it was on my birthday and when you're in middle school, your birthday is like a big deal, yeah. but I skipped it because it was on track and field day. <laughs> like I stayed home on my birthday because <laughs> I would rather stay like not run the hundred, hundred meter or whatever. Yeah. Like it was death. So it's pretty crazy. It's just like, um, especially so as non-runners, non-athletes, like all of a sudden fast forward, you know, a couple decades or a decade. Um, and now we run marathons. <laughs> It's like so crazy. It's crazy. That's been quite a journey. So um, my last question about running, um, where do you hope running will take you? Or what are your big, maybe maybe that's two questions. So where do you hope your running will take you? Let's start with that. Um, I hope, honestly, I've been thinking about this for a long time. And uh, it's, you know, dance took me to this place. Podcasting took me to this place. Running took me to this place. Everything kind of has like this trickle effect that like, okay, when I became a dancer, did I think it was going to help me do this and do Mm -hmm. that? So you can't really predict exactly where something is going to take you. You just hope that it takes you somewhere. Ride those waves. Ride the waves. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Mm -hmm. Keep climbing. (laughs) Keep climbing. (laughs) So, um, I guess, yeah, to answer that question, um, the community for me is something that I want to dive deeper into. And in doing that, I want to build, you know, bigger connections make more friends, be a part of that family, you know, to a greater extent. Awesome. So, um, yeah, I don't know exactly where this is going to take me. Um, I just hope it takes me somewhere worth going. Awesome. Now, selfish question for me. Um, what are your big running dreams or goals? So whether that's a PR or a distance or a specific race or, um, a challenge where, what are your big running goals? Let's say three, three, three big running goals. Yeah. Yeah. Connecting with the community cannot be one of them because you already talked about that. These are me- these, these are, are me. for you, for okay. you. Um, yeah. Okay. So I want to break four hours. Woo! I want to run a marathon in less than four hours, and um, I I see it happening. Fall twenty twenty. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay I'm, tuned, everybody. Fall twenty twenty. <laughs> I'm gonna get it. Um, I want to be Q. You know, I, I'm in a I'm in a big age category, 18 to 34, where I need a really fast time to be able to be cute. And what's that time? It's like three hours. Yeah, and what's your current PR? 
my current what PR? Marathon. A marathon PR, so yeah. Four hours, eleven minutes. So you have an hour and eleven minutes. <laughs> Just gotta shave and, that well, off. Well, I think quick, you know? so. Is it three hours flat? Uh, I, I couldn't tell you or exactly. Or 305. I think it's 305. Because you need the buffer. So you exactly. always go kind of like five minutes faster. So like yeah. three-ish hours. Because Break, so, breaking three is pretty intense. So yeah. yeah, okay. So until, you know, if I can achieve that by the time before I turn 34, then, you know, that'd be amazing. But obviously the time goes uh, down a bit or up, however you want to see it. Yeah, it gets slower. Yeah, I can run it slower and stuff. Yeah, you could just too. wait until you're older. I know. But <laughs> I kind of want it now. Yeah, no, I totally feel that. Oh, um, my God, it'd be amazing. And then eventually, um, I want to get six stars with you. Woo! So six stars, it's the six uh, world major marathons. Um, there's London, there's Tokyo, there's Berlin, there's Boston, Chicago, and New York. Um, honestly, I'm going to count New York, even though we didn't qualify for it. You know, I want to be able to just say I ran all six majors. You don't have to qualify for it. No. For it to count. Like, yeah. So for sure, 100% counts. Like there are people who do the six marathons um, all like through charity work or through. So it doesn't matter how you run them. The only one that I feel like we should qualify for is Boston. Boston. But. We'll get there. It, it is definitely a journey. It's a quite, quite a big uh, undertaking, but. Fall 2021. Just kidding. <laughs> We're just trying them weekend. Shout out to Coach Kelsey, who's going to get us there. Come on, Kelsey. Come on. She's going to get us there. <laughs> All right. Okay. So we are coming towards the end of our conversation. Um, I have two questions left before we tackle the mountain minute. Mm. It's going to be... I'm so excited for your mountain minute. So um, my first question to you is... Um, is there anything that we haven't chatted about today that you, you want to touch upon? Are there any uh, moments in your life that you feel like were very impactful that we haven't, that, that I to- totally forgot about that you want to touch upon or, or do you feel good? Hmm. I think one thing I really want to just mention, uh, you know, we've kind of talked about <laughs> my whole life here. That's the point. I love it. Getting to know Jake. Um, whoa, did you just close your move ring? I did just close my move ring and I've been sitting in this chair for 56 minutes. <laughs> That's funny. Anyways. That makes sense. Anyways. Um, yeah. So, yeah. We've obviously covered, you know, Jake Miles in a nutshell. But I would I would just want to say I would not be the person I am today and I would not be doing the things I do um, without the people in my life. Without awesome. my families and without my incredible friends. And if, you know, anyone else in the family is listening or if anyone, uh, you know, any of my, you know, really good friends are listening, you guys, I can say this wholeheartedly that you inspire me to keep going, to keep climbing, to do the things that I do and to be the person I want to be. And yeah, so you, you guys are all really special to me. I just wanted to throw that out there. That's awesome. I totally agree. All right. Now, my last question before our Mountain Minute is actually a question that Lindsay Hine asked at the end of her podcast. She always asks her guests this question. Um, It's my favorite question because uh, um, it's always a really nice way to end off a conversation. So, um, and Lindsay Hine is the host of I'll I'll Have Another podcast, one of my favorite podcasts ever. She's awesome. But anyway, so she asks her guests, what is one message you'd like to send to the world? It's a big one. But yeah, it is a big one. I think it'll tie everything we've talked about today together nicely in a little yeah. bow. So uh, for those of you guys who know me, I have a tattoo on my right arm, you know, on the, I guess, opposite side of my arm as my mountaintop. Um, but it's just two words. It's remember why. Um, it speaks mountains to me. And um, I know that 
anyone who hears this, it should speak mountains for you. Remember why you get out of bed in the morning? Remember why you started what you started? Remember why you do what you do? It's really hard, sorry, it's really easy to lose sight of the reasons you're doing what you're doing. But if you remember how you felt in the moment that you began, then you will get through it and you will push through anything that comes your way. I love that. That's really, really powerful. And I think, uh, you know, everybody can kind of take that, those two words, remember why, and then kind of use that to push themselves forward. Super, super great. All right, Jake, are you ready for the mountain minute? It's my favorite. Yes. Okay. And Jake has absolutely no excuse to be stressed out about this because he knows the questions ahead of time. True. Um, So he's seen these before, but, you know, the pressure is on Jake. Here we go. Are you ready? Yes. This, this, this is, is the Mountain, mountain Minute. Three, two, one. Favorite movie? The Pursuit of Happiness. Favorite food? Sushi. Go to breakfast? Proats, always. Proats. <laughs> Favorite song? 27 by Machine Gun Kelly. Where did you first hear the song? Um, actually, on the way to his concert at Blues Fest. But it was a concert I actually didn't attend. I just drove my friends there. They played it in the car, and that was that. Oh, I'm so sorry you didn't get to listen. Anyway, uh, what is your guilty pleasure song? Um, Defying Gravity. Uh, that's mine, too. Uh, favorite day of the week? Saturday. Least favorite day of the week? Mm, Tuesday or Wednesday. Favorite color? Red. What time do you usually go to bed? 11 or 12. What time do you usually wake up? If I set an alarm and want to get up and, you know, go for a run or get stuff done, seven or eight, but if I'm going to sleep in, it's going to be nine. If you could make any animal your pet, what animal would you choose? A raccoon. (laughs) If you could change the stigma around one thing in the world, what would it be? I think this is something that's, you know, gone a lot better. Um, Still a long way to go, Um, but it's... um, this concept that you need to be a certain body type to be a dancer. I love that. Um, if you could trade lives with anyone for a day, who would it be? Love. If you could have any superpower, what would you choose? Flying. Sweet or salty? Oh, sweet. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Rain or shine? Shine. Day or night? Night. Favorite number? 27. Where do you want to travel? I would love to go to Greece. Nice. Fill in the blank. This podcast is? Mine. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) It's mine, but this podcast is also my constant, and it's my passion. Awesome. Well, Jake, thank you for allowing me to, uh, you know, take the host seat today. Um, What a fun conversation. Um, I hope everyone loves it. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. Keep moving those mountains. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Mountain Movers podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, leave a rating and a review and let Jake know what you think. Until next time, keep climbing. Love always, Grace. And Jake.